Welcome to this message by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Bishop Edwin Ogo is a seasoned minister of the Word of God whose messages on Christian living, church building, and the work of the ministry are a great inspiration to ministers all over the world. He pastors the Mackinac Cathedral in Oyibi, where he ministers powerfully in various services, transforming lives and raising zealous church workers. You will experience the transformational force and power of God's word as he ministers passionately to you today. Be blessed as you listen. Ayana, money, I don't know. 
Oh, 
Jesus, I love you. 
Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I feel you in all of your glory. I can get enough of you. I can get enough of you. I know you've been welcome multiple times, but I want to welcome you one more time to the Shine service here at the Makane Cathedral this morning. And I want to welcome all those who are watching online. God bless you. We are grateful that you have joined us. I believe that everybody who walks into this place has been brought here by God. If God does not allow you, you cannot come into his presence. So everybody who is sitting here is sitting here because God has determined that today you should sit in his presence and in his house. The same for those of you who are watching online. And it means that today God has brought you because he wants to speak to you. How many of you believe that God wants to speak to you today? Yeah. And God speaks through the music. He speaks through the dancing. But I tell you that the primary way that God will speak to you is through the word of God. And I'm happy to announce to you that this morning we have a preacher in the house. We have a minister in the house. We have a teacher in the house. These days, these days, we are waging some battles with others for him. But we will prevail. I tell you, we will prevail. So last week, 
He was in somewhere in Zimbabwe on Sunday, the week before, somewhere in Zambia. But today, we have the privilege of having him here with us. Having him here with us. And I want to tell you for certain that God will speak to you this morning. God will speak to you this morning. He will speak to you in a way that he has never spoken to you. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you are ready, I want you to clap your hands. Make some noise. Let's show appreciation. Welcome our father, our pastor, Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Come on. Make some noise, shy service this morning. And welcome him. Welcome him. Welcome him. excitement in the house of God. I'm very happy to see you. And I'm sure you are also happy to see me. I am even happier that we are all together in God's house today. And I want us to just thank God for the blessing of the family he has given us. Let's thank God that we have each other. Let's thank God for the privilege. I tell you, look, let me say something to you. Some people don't have anything apart from their biological relationships. And if your family is the same as mine, you can imagine the number of evil spirits that are sitting there in pots and bottles. And some people don't have 
anything outside those family relationships. So that scripture Reverend Ekins quoted is very, very, very appropriate that I was glad when they said to me, let us go and fellowship with another family. Another family. And I am so glad that I've come to church to meet another family. This is another family. Nobody has done well with only biological relationships. I'm actually preaching now. This is the preaching. And you are standing for the first two minutes of the preaching. Nobody has done well with biological relationships only. No one. The story of everyone's success is founded on encounters with extra biological relationships. Even the wealthiest, the richest people don't end their relationships with only biological relationships. Millionaires and billionaires. I recently read about Prince Charles, about some friendships he has that has brought certain things into his life telling you no matter whether your mother is the queen of the world you need something beyond your biological relationship this is the message I'm preaching I'm very sorry to start preaching without praying but at a point I will pray but you keep standing if you are here I'm telling you that this is one of the kindest acts of God apart from sending Jesus that he will put you into a spiritual family where what goes on here everything that goes on here is to direct you towards your destiny in Christ Jesus it's a blessing it's a blessing So I really want to thank God for the uncles and aunties and fathers and big brothers and sisters and cousins and all those we have in this family. The pastors are the uncles and the aunties. The basenta, hey, somebody is stretching as if he has just woken up. Hey, hey, Is that Lady Reverend Odoy I'm seeing there? Can you please relocate yourself? Where you are sitting is inappropriate. Please, let's welcome the wife of Bishop Hamish Odoy. What? 
Can you please come upstairs? You are going to give us a greeting today. Keep clapping your hands. It's a very, very important person. You see how she came to church? She's the wife of a convener of the United Denominations. You have done nothing. You want to sit in front. She has come. She has gone to sit at the back. You are fighting with a shepherd for the front seat. Ask her, are you all right? But I'm so, you know, I'm so happy this morning that we are together. There's a song we used to sing. We are together again. Just praising the Lord. We are together again. With one accord. Something good is going to happen. Something good is in store. Instrumental, they are all young guys, they don't know such songs, that's why they are off key. Let's sing it again. We are together again, just praising the Lord. We are together again with one seated and let's receive our newest and freshest pastor who is going to be with us for a period her husband is doing ministry in Asia hey UD, it's not a small church yes and I believe that soon she will also family will join. By the meantime, she has come here to organize the church for us, help us to form proper choirs, and teach us how to grow as a mega church. So clap your hands and let's receive Annie. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Bishop. You may be seated. Thank you. You may be seated. I really don't know what to say. I am very happy to be here. I, we found ourselves this and side. I, and I want to correct, there's a brother at the back who is looking at you and saying, oh, you can be his beloved. But I want to say that <laughs> she's almost a grandmother standing here, so please correct your ideas. Yes. She's not a little girl standing here. So there's a brother at the back, I can see. Your eye, the way you are looking at her, I'm not too happy with your eyes. 
Can you please speak now? Yes. Yes. And I have tried coming to church the last two weeks, and it has not been easy. It's been a fight. But today I said that whatever happens, I'll be here. Are so, we not blessed? So when I entered the auditorium and they were doing the worship at that time, the praises, I said, wow, the sound is good. Hallelujah. And you have a very beautiful Bring choir. Bring me an offering. <laughs> yes, and you have a very beautiful choir. And I don't know. Um, I feel at home. So as Bishop Ogo started talking and he said he has started preaching, I said, this word is for me. Because I don't know, I'm just happy to be in the presence of God. So I ask that we all get seated and pay attention. Because sometimes when the word of God is about to come to you, our mind tends to wander. And that is the devil. We need a word. We need something that will bring a change in our lives. So please, let's pay attention this morning and listen to the man of God. And we will be blessed. And I bring you greetings from my husband, Bishop Hamish Odoy. He is doing well. Thank you very much, Bishop Odoy. Please, let's beautiful clap your hands for Lady Reverend Annie Odoy. And uh, it's a blessing to have you with us. And uh, I expect that you have meetings with the lady pastors and teach them how to do ministry. And because uh, I'm struggling with them. But I think that that's why you are here to help me organize the system. You know, I, I'm blessed with a good church, as you have already said. It's a beautiful congregation, but once a while, a few witches appear here and there, and uh, we need to organize ourselves to, you know, contain them. So, clap your hands for her. She's come to help me. And uh, I also want you to help me to appreciate Bishop Kobe for the, not for his birthday, but for the fathering, the leadership, the pastoring. The love, you know, somebody sent me a text when I was in Zimbabwe that won't I visit the churches in Uganda and Mozambique also? And I realized that the person was speaking to me that I, I, the longer I stay away, the better. But on Tuesday, I'm going to Madagascar anyway. So clap your hands for Jesus. Let's appreciate Bishop Kobe for the amazing i mean it when i am away the the kind of sweetness that enters the church and the atmosphere of love and you know fatherliness you know it, it's it's wonderful that uh, a prison can just change into a party you know but it's a blessing but i want to say that whether you like it or not i'm here i mean unfortunately Unfortunately, yeah, it's like having a father. You are a graduate, you speak good English, and your father is uneducated. He's a farmer. He doesn't speak English, but he's your father. So, I, 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 I mean, whatever you do, I, I'm here. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. But we thank God for healing Jesus 
and other conferences that take me away from the church because you need this fathering to grow up well as a, as a Christian. But today, while it lasts, just you know, wear your corset well to keep your chest together and uh, strap your seatbelt because uh, God will speak like he spoke last week. So let's appreciate our pastor, Bishop Kobe. And I'm surprised that you are sitting down. There must be a problem with you. Either it's from your family or you are not raised well or something, a little problem you have. To have a pastor like Bishop Kobe, we are clapping for him. You are sitting down. I'm quite surprised. So Bishop Kobe, we appreciate you. We really thank God for your life. And uh, we only can ask on your birthday that you live long and that God will keep you for us to be a pastor and to us and lead us to the place. I, I really like that scripture Reverend Akin said. Please put that again. Romans 8. A three. 17, the New Living Translation. Very, very beautiful scripture. Has the computer frozen? It's frozen now. Okay. Romans chapter 3. Please read that scripture to me. Read that verse for me. What does it say? Yes. The New Living Translation. The New Living Translation says that they don't know where to find peace. They don't know where to find, to find peace. peace. That is Romans chapter 3, 3 verse 17. Verse 17. 17. 3, 17. Yes. Yes. They don't know where, where to, to find, find peace. What a beautiful scripture. May God lead you in the way of peace. May God lead you in the way of his will. And may he lead you in the way of his blessings. In Jesus' name, please be seated this morning. The last Sunday I was here, I preached from this beautiful book, If You Love the Lord. And... uh, I really can't wait for us to have enough copies for everyone because the first chapter of this book Father we thank you for the flow of your spirit the guidance of the cloud by day and the impartation of anointings and mantles from our fathers. Thank you for the companionship of angels and the agency of other supernatural beings interacting with us this morning. Let all these encounters lead to a dislocation and a relocation into your will and your path and your plan for our lives. Let sweetness, let strength, 
let blessings and let direction come from this encounter we are having in and with your word. We are grateful in Jesus' name. The first chapter of this book alone is enough to be even the content of this book. Because it says, if you love the Lord, you are doing the most important thing. The most important thing that should concern you It's not whether you have paid your tithes. That shouldn't be what should concern you. Or whether your basenta is growing. If that is the most important thing on your mind, then you've missed your way. The most important thing to you should not be whether you are about to marry the right man. Because the things he has done with you have destroyed you already anyway. Jesus was asked and which is the opener in this chapter. Matthew 22, 36. Somebody asked Jesus a question. And the question was, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? There are so many laws. Laws of sanitation in the Bible. Laws of health. Laws of honor. Laws governing marriage. Laws governing your sexual life. That as a human being, as a man, you cannot have sex with another man. Laws governing your relationship with your pets. That your pet should be in a kennel, should be with you. But you can't have sex with your dog. All those are many laws about seeking refuge. That when you steal and you are being chased and you are able to enter into the city of refuge, they shouldn't touch you. Laws on what to plant and what not to plant and when to plant and when not to plant. A thousand and one, literally. A thousand and one laws. And I'm sure you will understand that, I mean, with so many, when you have so many things to do, it's always important to tease out the main thing. Because in Matthew 23 and verse 23, 
Jesus' teaching on priority rebuked the Pharisees as hypocrites because they had neglected the weightier matters. So in all issues, there are weightier matters. In fact, everything can be weighty, but they are what? Can I hear you? Can I hear? They are what? They are what? Weightier matters. So one of our responsibilities in life, as we have relationships with friends and father, pastor, sister, and so on, is to always know which one is the most important, which is weightier. As a wife, which one is the weightier matter? So someone came to Jesus and asked him the question. Master. You said you did not come to abolish the laws. But to fulfill. So tell us, which one should we concentrate on first? Which is the first, first, first. And I'm reading Jesus' response. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Thus, thus is the first and great commandment. I was telling the church last night that sometimes you can start something And some events can prevent you from finishing what you started. I told them that there are some videos making rounds. They either they made rounds or they are months in the system of people who are speaking, and suddenly they die. Some that, uh, somebody is preaching in the middle of the preaching, he just falls down dead. You can leave your house in one moment and you're, you are going to the office. But by 12 noon, you left at 5 a.m. to go to the office around 7. You see that some things happen and by 12 noon, you are in the emergency ward of a hospital. So a lot of things we start We are unable to finish. That is why it is very important to know the first things. So that in case you are not able to finish the servant, at least you did the number one. The number one, there you did it. Because I wish that all of us in our lifetime. one day become a pastor of a big church. You are an usher. But if you follow the will of God, because we all start doing these things, a day can come, you can even be an evangelist. 
an apostle. We find you in Uganda. You, you won't believe. Yeah. Life, there's what we call the non-linearity of life. Life is not linear. Straight lines are these things we do. Men. But life is full of curves. It's curvilinear. Curvilinear. So, you'll be surprised that this brother, the plan of God for him is that he will be an apostle. That a lot of the sisters who sang in the choir, let's clap for the choir, by the way. Some of them one day, I mean, many years ago, I was sitting in church as a follow-up, whatever. Today, I'm a, whatever it is here in front of you. You know, at that time, 30, 40 years ago, 38 years ago, I never had any plan. I never. When I was going to the university, university, I was in Legon, medical school. I had the architectural drawings of the clinic I wanted to build. I had it. That's how very focused I was. First year, I had it. I saw buildings in Laboni. I took pictures of them. That would like the clinic, the OPD to be like this surgical theater. Laboni, I can show you the buildings. I, I, I never dreamt that I'll be standing in front of you in, on a Sunday morning reading from a book and preaching to you. It's on my mind. But at the time I had those drawings, I loved God. I loved God. I really loved God. From day one. The person who led me to Christ taught me to forsake useless things and concentrate on God. Some of these choristers are going one day to be prophetesses. Pastors of big, big, big ministries. Some of you online watching, your mind has not imagined what plan God has for you. So once a while we meet prophets who take us into the future and give us glimpses of destiny. But ladies and gentlemen, if I had the ability to tell you what your life will be like in 20 years time, I can assure you, not everybody will live to see that day. That is why our priorities have been organized in order. I want us to clap our hands for that man who asked Jesus that question. It's so sad that his name has not been mentioned in the Bible. Because, but for that man, we would have pursued preaching as our first objective and vision. But for that man, we would have concentrated on busing people to church. But I'm here to say to you that Jesus himself said, the first thing is for you to love God. 
So that just in case you don't get to be the prophetess you ought to be, at least the main thing would have been accomplished and you'll be free to stand before the chief examiner. The chief examiner is Jesus. And he has given us the questions already. That when you stand before him, it will not be how many prophecies accurate prophecies you gave. No. How many limbs, paralyzed limbs you healed? How many churches you founded and pastored? That's not question one. Our chief examiner has told us that on that day, when we meet him, the main thing will be our love we had for him. That will be the subject and the basis for the interrogation. So just in case you don't get to be the pastor you ought to be at least you would know that you did the first and the great that's a compulsory question compulsory question but what do we have today many of us love singing more than we love God A lot of these dancing stars, I can tell you that the performance they put up here on this stage today, they've had nothing less than two rehearsals. They've spent time rehearsing. Even some have gone ahead. I think the the, the braids were also a part of the look and also to add some glass beads to give it a little, you know, African touch. You can imagine the hours they've spent. But I can tell you that only about two of them have had the consistent quiet time the entire week. I can tell you that they've spent more time rehearsing the dancing than with the God who gave them the chance to dance for you. So it shows all over. You find instrumentalists who love playing instruments more. Pastors who love the church more than God. Who love their work more than God. Today I'm going to talk about One very big characteristic of a person who loves the Lord. But before I do, I want to introduce a very important teaching which you find in the first chapter. And I'm visiting that teaching and Extracting it almost as a major template to help you organize your Christian life. And that teaching is found in the book of Titus, chapter 2. The 
Verse number three. The aged woman. Because not all women, that's how I was telling their brother that this woman standing in front of you, she's just a beautiful woman, but she's not somebody you should desire for a beloved. Yes. Either she's a grandmother or she's a few months away from being a grandmother. The aged woman. Know where to direct your passions. The aged woman. Likewise that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. Not false accusers, the aged woman. One of these days, you will grow to be a little older than you are now. And you will discover that everything the Bible says is true. That's why the best book to read is truly the Bible. The best book to allow its contents to guide you is not the writings of Donald Trump or Barack Obama or Lee Kuan Yew. The best book to allow to guide your life is the Bible. Go back to verse 3. I've not finished reading verse 3. Not false accusers. We are talking about aged women not giving to much wine, not the men. Not giving to much wine. Because they are older women who boost. And it's not a letter to the world. This is the church. Is, 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 he, Paul is writing to Titus about his ministry that he must do this work among the older women that some of them are boozing and are false accusers not giving too much wine teachers of good things teachers of good things One lady was going upstairs, up a flight of stairs to a Sunday afternoon shepherd school in a church somewhere. And an older woman was descending and asked the little girl where she was going. And she said she's going for the shepherd's training. And the older woman advised the young girl not to waste her time on these things. To be careful. And not to spend all of your time on these things. But you watch how her home will be like. Not giving too much wine. Teachers of good things. Verse 4. That they may teach. The older, the aged woman may teach the young woman to be sober. When you see a girl with pencil heel strutting up and down, 
with makeup like a parrot. You call the girl and say, be cool. Take your time. Yeah, little 18-year-old, pretty little girl, 23, Miss Area, who feels that because of her facial topography and her beautiful lumps and bumps, She has, she has power. We expect the elderly woman to say, oh, oh fine, eh? Matthew, natural. Oh, take your time. And then one of them will take her phone or her iPad and go to pictures and scroll and show her, tap a picture and say, this is how I was looking like when I was 23. Compare this figure Today, I may be a Kufo gallon, but look at how I was some time ago. If you don't want me to preach, you can tell me so that I am. I, don't, I, I, I actually need rest. I need rest. So, and thankfully, your pastor is here. So, can I hand over the book to him too? stop preaching. I, I don't like such as an attitude when I'm preaching. And tell the girl, be sober. Yeah. For the past four Sundays, different cars have brought you to church. Yeah. Two Sundays before that, you were not in town. Yes, you were in Paris. Be, be cool. Because what you are doing, I've done some before. Yes. And the man later collected the house from me. Collected the car from me. You are wasting your time. Just pay attention to some of these dancing stars guys and marry one of them. Be sober. We need older women. You see, and the older women when you see them sitting in front or in the congregation looking calm and very controlled and very spiritual, you have no idea that 20 years ago they were very sexy, very sexy women. But life has beaten them and now they are calm and sober. So they are supposed to help these young ones that it won't take them 25 years before they become sober. But through their teachings, they can help these girls to live in sobriety of mind and heart. Teach the young women to be sober. But the reason for this text It's a phenomenon you've not talked about. Which I cannot skip if I'm talking about if you love the Lord. And it says that they may teach the young women to be sober. To love their husbands. To love their children. 
Which means that love can be taught. Contrary to our expectations that love is natural and just it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a normal and natural outflowing of our hearts and our dispositions that if a woman sees a man naturally she will know how to behave well to get the man no, rather most women don't know how to love even their children don't know how to love their children that's why I said you will need a few years To believe such things. That a woman must be taught how to love her children. You may think that the natural maternal reflexes should be enough for a mother to care for her children. Many mothers have destroyed their daughters. This current generation have failed in passing on to their daughters what their mothers imparted to them. How their mothers made them wake up at dawn to sweep the compound, to take the corn to the corn mill, to prepare food for the family, to go to the market. When I was nine years old, I knew all the major women in Takradi markets. I was the one. When my mother earns her salary, she gives me her salary. I was nine years old. I've not lived with a father in my life. It's just a few, whether it's a year or months or whatever. It's my mother. She's been a teacher. All her life. When she earns her salary. I was her firstborn. Nine years. She gives me her salary. And I manage the house. I go to the market. She took me to the market. Introduced me to all her friends in the market. The one who sell tomatoes, meat. There was a guy who sold meat inside the market. Yeah, I've forgotten his name. So whenever I go, they know me. They know me. So I pay. I pay. I add the, 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 the cost of pepper this, this. I add, do the subtraction what is left. When I come home electricity bill, this bill this, this, that, that, that. Nine years! I didn't start managing people as a pastor. This is Bishop Edwin Ugo preaching. Stay tuned. Do you sense an urgency to pray? Is there a burden to wage war spiritually through intense intercession? Then join the online army on the Church in Your House Facebook page. This and every Saturday at 4 a.m. Remember, the Facebook address is The Church in Your House with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. This and every Saturday dawn at 4 a.m. Every knee will bow to the power of prayer.
the point I am making. Let's forget about groceries and laundry and light bill and water bill. Love can be taught. And many wives don't know how to love a man. Most of these wives in happy marriages have happy marriages because they are being tolerated. If we were in the world, most, most, most of these wives would have a husband who would have a woman like she would be in the house since she's so interested in food. She would be the one to cook. And the man will have someone he has sex with. He has someone he travels abroad with. He has someone he does outings with. He has someone, when he wants to relax and chat, he has another woman. So they are like seven parallel women playing different roles that one woman should have played, but she doesn't know better. All she knows is to dress and strut around with her wedding ring. You'll be very happy next week, Sunday. When Bishop Kobe takes over the microphone. Don't assume you know how to laugh. You see, it is that, it is the extension of this unfortunate assumption that has led to a sea of barren Christians incapable of even rising up to say hello to God. Because we've always assumed that we are capable of loving. And if I had the chance to send such a letter to Titus, I would extend it to the men as well because most husbands are bushmen. They may be anointed, they may be bishops, they may be CEOs, they may be intelligent men, but to know how to care for a woman and make a woman feel that she's also a human being, we lack it. Villagers and bushmen wearing rings and unfortunately leading women from their homes into depression and heartbreaks. Love must be learned. Anyone who assumes love has missed it. Because love is about someone else. And the seed of Satan in us makes us concentrate on ourselves. My nature, your nature, our nature is that we always look at ourselves. Concentrate on ourselves. That's how we are. That's how we are. I am like that. You are like that. So for me to know how to be with a woman and even know her pain, somebody must teach me. Otherwise, we become 
a bunch of mental patients. Because there's a type of madness called the narcissistic personality disorder. Narcissistic personality disorder. It's a, mad, it's a type of madness when it comes, the, the people suffering from this NSPD, narcissistic personality disorder, all their life, everything is about them. And it is derived from that Greek mythology surrounding a, 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 a character called Narcissus. Narcissus. Obsessed with himself. He can't pass by a mirror. When he sees a pond, a pond, anything that reflects an object's image, he has to stop and see his face. It's called the Narcissus Syndrome. And a lot of you are mad. You are not important. You are not too important in the marriage to make yourself the center of attraction. We came together so that I can care for you and you should also care for me. How can you a husband, all your money is spent on phone, iPad, shoe, this device, this toy, and we are in the house. There's no light on the ceiling. I'm sorry for shouting. That's not how I preach. All about you. Tell your neighbor, love can be taught. That is why your pastor is teaching you how to love God. Can you clap your hands? Many virtues must be taught. Forgiveness must be taught. Because we are not, we are, we are, see, the seed of Satan makes us very vengeful. You do me, I do you. One, one draw. But to rise above these human instincts to forgive, somebody has to teach you to forgive. Obedience must be taught. To obey. If you don't teach people, they will not obey. So it's so obedience is so important that it is actually a part of the Great Commission. Matthew 28, verse 20. If you look at either the New Living Translation or something, you'll see. New Living Translation, if you, you have it there. Yeah. Teach these new disciples to obey. So people don't just obey. 
We need patient pastors, leaders who are who who have the the, the, the instincts of a mother to take time to teach these girls to obey. Obedience must not be assumed. Don't assume that when somebody gives up his life and lifts up his hands to receive Jesus, he will naturally obey Jesus. You teach. It's, it's, I'm, I'm reading just in case you doubt it, let's go to verse 19. I want to show you. It's part of the Great Commission. It's not just going to preach a scripture, preach about women with the issue of blood. You also need to stop and teach the people to obey. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them. Verse 19, verse 20. Teach these ones to obey. So you don't just tell people. You guide them to obey. That's all my pastor has done with me. He gives the instruction. Then he guides us to obey. How to arrive at the place. We don't just speak to people and leave them. I'm saying that even obedience must be taught. And if obedience must be taught, obedience must be learned. Moses in Hebrews chapter 3, the Bible says he learned obedience. So we teach obedience and we expect the people we are teaching to also learn obedience. Hebrews chapter 3, chapter 5. Verse 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience. Anybody you know who is struggling to obey you, don't just write up the person as disobedient. Ask yourself whether you have taught the person how to obey. It is on this note that I stand before you today to take you deeper into how to love God. Because it's your number one. It's the ma- Look, you, it must concern you more than whether you are a shepherd or a pastor or a whatever you are. The reason for the difficulties we have with Basenta leaders and pastors who are barren, unfruitful, is that they, we have trained them to love the work they are doing and not directed them to God. Yeah. There is such a thing as an, an English phrase as putting the cart before the horse. Normally, the horse must be before the cart. The horse is here, facing here, and the cart is behind the horse with feet. So the horse moves this way and drags the cat with its contents. But sometimes, out of a mental deficiency, we put the cat in front of the horse and expect the horse to push the cat with its head. All the difficulties we are having with singers, instrumentalists, 
pastors, leaders, reverends, bishops, video people, sound people who don't pray. It's all one. The basic thing is that the God love factor is missing. So you can ask someone to stop singing. She will leave the church. Because she's not there for God. She's there in the church to sing. Yes. I I, I can ask McCaffrey to stop doing the sound and just sit down in the service. He, He won't be in church. Because pay money to hear the instruction to stop preaching on Sundays and just sit down. How I'll, I'll, I'll have time to spend with God. Like on Sunday, don't have meetings. Let somebody you are, you are down for, for three years. Don't do any ministry. I'll be like a wizard. The time I desire to spend with my God to sing to him, to, to just lie down and go into him until I'm dreaming about him. Many of you, listen to me very carefully. Your inability to even attend church. That's why I'm saying that your first concern should not be whether you, are, you, are, you attend church regularly. If you love God, nobody will bring up the church issue. Today I'm talking about if you love the Lord you will love the brethren. If you love the Lord you will love the brethren. First John 4 verse 20. I'm teaching you now. I laid the foundation to tell you that love must can and should be taught. So I am now teaching you are you paying attention or you are lost? You wore your camouflage and black t-shirt to dance. There's no God on your mind. You sitting here. But he has managed to get camouflage, whatever, or and what, belt, whatever. He has managed to even learn how to dance. But the one in charge of this boy, he is at sea. Can I preach? First John 4, if a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen. How can he love God whom he has not seen? I mean, does it make sense? Somebody you can see, you can't love the person. And you are imagining that you are in love with a God you can't see. Next verse. And this commandment have we received from him. That he who loveth God 
love his brother also. I'm expecting a hand clap. So if there's someone you can't stand, somebody you are desperate to separate yourself from, somebody, when you think of him, some billous secretions come from your mouth. Billous. You hate your pastor so much. That you cannot even attend a meeting. When he, when he calls for a meeting, you can't attend. I'll take it again. I went off key. And this commandment, 1 John 4, 21. It will help your life to learn this verse. If you are interested in working with God. Let me tell you. People will hurt you. People will offend you. But try, try to walk in love. Try, 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 try not to do things that bring down, that embarrass, that shame, that 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 puts a person who has been good to you. I asked your sister this morning, are you saying that your pastor has to always be right when he relates with you? That in our relationship with you, we cannot make a mistake? I mean, would you like your son at home to relate with you that way? I said, what you are doing to your pastor don't, rem- don't forget that your children, you, you, they will rise up and fight you. I prophesy to her. Because in our relationship with you, we must only please you. We must only make you happy. We must only do things that project you, that make you powerful. We can't tell you to step back and disappear. Everything must be to make you great. And we walk about. He doesn't talk to her. She doesn't talk to her husband. I asked her, where's your husband? Say he has come back. The husband was sleeping in an office. Because he can't stand her. She can also not stand him. But I don't know what happened. Whether she went to see a malam or a fetish priest. A certain power brought the man back home. And when the man came back home, he said he won't sleep on the same bed with her. He will sleep with the children's room. So, so we are there as a family. But we can't, we can't tolerate ourselves. Because you dare not offend. You dare not offend. Everything you say must please him. Everything you say must make the person happy. You can't do something that embarrasses, but you should see how they embarrass other people. Watch how they treat other people. I'll take it again. 
And this commandment have we from him. That he who loveth God love his brother also. There is nothing from the days of the early fathers to the protestant era to centuries after there's nothing like you love God but you don't speak to your friend in fact we measure our love for God by our relationship with the person we can see filtering my words because you know your wickedness that everybody's words will go there's a brass wall in the horizon everybody's words will hit that horizon and boomerang and come back for him ultimately it's your words that will determine your destiny. How your son will treat you at home will be based on the words you have used against your father. So when the Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, the discussions you've had about me, hold on. Hold on. It may take three years. It may take two years. It may take five years. It may take ten years. It may not even happen in your lifetime. But surely. Otherwise, there will be nothing like the mothers have eaten sour grapes and their children's teeth are set on edge. Mark it carefully. Today, I'm telling you, in this God we are in, we are not parliamentarians. We are not in the university. We are not doctors in a clinic. We are not building a crash. We are not having a sand and stone company. This is the kingdom of God. Here in this kingdom, here, if you say you love God, you better love your brother. You better love your husband. You better love your wife. You better love your So that's the first point. If you love the Lord, you will love the brethren. Whatever you will do to let somebody feel loved, you pay the price. If you love the Lord, put the verse up again. First John 4 20. If a man say, I love God and hate it, his brother. So Jesus asked, for which of the things I've done for you do you treat me this way? 
For which of the things? It's amazing that we can finish hating our brother and stand in the house of God as pastors and be praying in the spirit. And the things that can make you hate your brother, expect more. They are a part. You can never have a relationship with your sister, 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 your twin sister, your cousin, your mother, your father, your son, your, your daughter, your pastor, your shepherd. You can never have a relationship with a human being devoid of offenses. When John the Baptist's disciples went to Jesus to ask that, are you the one? We are expecting as a Messiah. Or we should expect another. Christ did not bother to answer them. He sent them to another part. He said, go and see. Go and tell John the Baptist what you've seen. If you tell him, he will know. John, he's spiritual. John, he's spiritual. He will know whether I'm the Messiah or another person is coming. Go and tell him that the deaf are hearing. The blind are seeing. The lame are walking. And add that the poor have the gospel preached to them. Go and tell the John, the John the Baptist. He is spiritual. And when they turned around to go, he said, hey, come back. Don't go, don't go. And also, also remember, blessed is the one who is not offended in me. Even Jesus offense. So ultimately, he was teaching them that what determines your blessing is not your blindness which was healed. It's not your deafness which was healed. It's not your inability to walk which was corrected by your capacity to overcome offenses. Determines where you sit. If you love the Lord, you will love the brethren. And the brethren include your wife. Sometimes we think that our wives are not part of the brethren. The brethren include your husband. Your love for the people of God is an evidence of your love. Can you clap your hands for this book? You cannot see God, but you can see your brethren in Christ. The human beings you love are an important test that determines whether you actually love God. And I don't know who can live this life without loving God. Your love for God in Psalm 90 is what even gives you your defenses against your enemies. Where is God? Is he in Abokobi? Or he's in the skies? You are confident you love God if you can love me. The human being. That should be your confidence. When you love, whom you love, and who you show affection for, reveals what you love. There are people who love their families very much. 
There are people who love their sister's children above their own children. There are tribes like that. I know someone who loved his, his sister's children so much that he gave away his properties to them. There are people who love their political parties. Indeed. I know someone who loved his political party so much that he gave his property to the party. Many politicians consider their political parties as their families. You must love your spiritual family too. Your love for your spiritual family reveals your love for God. And if you love the Lord, you will love your spiritual brethren. Number two, if you love the Lord, you will lay down your life for the brethren. First John 3.16. Look at it. Hereby perceive with the love of God. Because this is how we know that God loves. Because he laid down his life us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. I can't find a more clear verse than this. This is love. Laying down your life for someone is a sign of your great love for him which in turn translates to your love for God. And I'm saying it again that when we say brethren, don't only think of Reverend Nyami. Don't only be concerned about Rhoda. Be concerned about your husband that you shouted at two days ago. I remember a Christian sister who had a great ministry, Bishop is speaking. And several open doors for serving God ahead of her. One day she fell in love with a man from her hometown who was already married. Because of her great love for this man, she sacrificed her ministry. She sacrificed her pastor I, I, I understand this. I know people who have sacrificed me for other people. Beautiful. She sacrificed her pastor. She sacrificed her children. Oh, yes. That is why you will learn. This is a true story. That's why you will learn to respect the Bible. Isaiah said, can a woman forget her suckling child? Yes! She can. But I, God, I will never forsake you. I'm not like that woman. It's a mystery that a woman can be pregnant for nine months. You don't know, you don't have any idea what labor is. You don't know. Many have died not in the pregnancy but in the labor. She delivers a baby and forgets about her. I'm preaching. 
if you love the Lord, if a woman can lay down her children, lay down her pastor for something she perceives as a greater good, then you also lay down your life for the brethren. What do you do for the church? I'm reading so that you don't think that I'm the one talking. I'm asking, I'm reading. What do you do for the church? Can you see? You're wearing glasses. So you don't think I've come to stand in front of you to ask you a question, to embarrass you. Can you see that? What do you do for the church? (laughs) Have you found it? Yes. What do you do for the church? I'm reading. (laughs) Let me move away from you. Ask you, what do you do for the church? the person, things are going to change today. What do you do for Christians? What do you do for the people who are washed by the blood of Jesus? Everyone makes sacrifices for one reason or the other. If you love the Lord, you will make sacrifices for your brothers and sisters in Christ. You will lay down your life. For the brethren. Laying down your life for the brethren is a great sign of loving the Lord. Say, laying down. Say, laying down. Say, laying down. Can I tell you something? Laying down your life for the brethren is not just slashing your throat. It talks about sacrifices and inconveniences you go through to love people. I traveled with a group recently. We were in Accra. But I said, no, let me give them a treat. So we drove to Kintampo. Kintampo. To watch some things. But as we were there and coming back, somebody was misbehaving. But I realized that, you see, so I, 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 I told one of them, I said, you may not know that where I took you, I have been there twice. I've been there twice. In fact, that's not true. I've been there three times. I know everywhere there. But I made that journey. We didn't fly. We sat in a car. Yeah. I made that journey because I felt I should lay down my comfort, my convenience and my, and my rest and peace to help you to also experience what I have also experienced. 
Sometimes you pay a price to love people. Any love that doesn't come with blood is not love. Any love that doesn't come with pain is not love. Sometimes you forgive someone who is telling you that the other day when we were preaching and you referred to me as somebody who doesn't have hair and embarrassed me in the, in the church. And as he is talking, he doesn't know the things he has done to embarrass you. But you see, in order for you, for him, for you to make him feel okay, just accept his side as if he has done nothing to you and kneel down and apologize that if so, you know something, I've hurt you and I'm sorry, forgive me. And go on limping with your pain for him to feel compensated. That's a laying down. Which is the type of love our mothers have given us. Because they don't come to us to tell us they don't have money. They conjure food. As you are telling her you are hungry, she could also tell you that she's broke. But she listens to your side of the story and meets your needs when her needs are not met. That is laying down your life, your dignity, your comfort, your, 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 your everything for someone else. to feel. Are you okay now? Have you eaten now? Is my apology okay? Is everything fine? That's okay. You are fine. It's alright. What you've done is not part of our discussion. You go and feel good. I will lay down my feelings for you to have feelings. I will lay down my feelings. That's how we live. That's how we live. You don't live by telling what you have also done. No. It's a type of bloodletting. It's a type of blood shedding. It's not always you cut your throat. But you swallow your pain. I'm saying that if we are going to be together as a family forever, I'm, pray, I'm, I'm teaching you how we are going to live together. Anything short of that in three years will find you in the east. I am on the west and she is going to the south. That's why when you meet a couple that have been married for one year, you stand up and you clap your hands for them. I'm teaching you how to love God. You love God not just by loving me. That's point number one. But you love God by paying a price to love me. You don't just love me. There are some people who are difficult to love. But you must still love them. Some of you have married or will marry some of such people accidentally. But if you are stuck with a person, 
then take that man as your cross. Only that in the night, don't behave like a cross. Can I give you just one more point and close? I, I know I have to give your time. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. If you love the Lord, you will have compassion for the brethren, for the brethren. Compassion. Feelings. Ish. One of the reasons why I love Reverend Akins is that he has feelings for the work. Oh, yes. There are not many people, such people around. And it, and it endears him to me. He has done many terrible things. If I say I'm taking him on, he will, he, he, will, he will not even be happy. But I notice that he thinks through the work and sees that if we could do it this way, few, few people think about the work of God. So this mind, and it's also on his hands. One day we went for a meeting in Mampong, and the lady, she's sitting here. I don't want to point to her because I don't want to create enemies for her. She came to me to ask that while she was sitting in the give thyself for it. She saw that the first love pastors. This, this is not a person we've been, we've been chat with in a certain way. Even more, more so about the ministry. She noticed that the first love pastors were walking around, checking the toilets, checking sound, going here, speaker. But she notices that in our church, I'm the one who has to stand up. She sees that, go to the back and quarrel, come to the front, check this. If somebody is not dressed well, come down. Some, the song is not good. And she asks, asks but why, is it, is it, why is it that in our church, I'm the one who has to stand up all the time, but nobody stands up? I said, you will live long. Go home. That's all. There is something called compassion. You see, it's not compassion is deeper than just a feeling of passion. It is a deep concern and love that goes beyond barriers determined by nationality, sex, age, tribe. You, 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 look, the things I've done for people, I, I, I should stop talking that way. That's a fool talking. That's a fool. When you hear people talking about that, that's a fool talking. I don't want to talk like a fool. Compassion is, you see someone, one pastor said, one day I entered the church and when I saw the girls, I felt like marrying all of them. Yes, that's a pastor. That's a pastor. You, you, you may think, oh, he wants to have sex with the girls. No. As he sat there and saw his daughters, nobody is marrying. He wished, that, he wished it was possible. He would have married all the 48. Yes. But you understand. 
compassion is like if it's a river, you would jump into the person's river and fight as if the thing is your own battle. And John, first John three seventeen. I'm preaching. If you feel tired, you can go home. First John three seventeen. But whoso has this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? In Matthew nineteen. Verse 21. Matthew 19, 21. It's sad to see people who are reverent, who are pastors, who are leaders, and don't feel any pain when they see empty chairs. It's a wonderful phenomenon. Akin to Aurora Borealis. The Northern Lights. Strange phenomenon. Pastor, a basenta leader who will bus seven people to church when he has got 20 members and doesn't feel it as he sits in church and the pastor is preaching has no feeling for the members he has left at home. Jesus said unto him, if you will be perfect, go. And sell that thou hast and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure. How true! You shall have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow. When you see people who are following Jesus, there can be a true follower who has not sold what he has to feed the poor. I'm not talking about full time ministry. That you are an engineer at Ghana Highways and you stop engineering. That's not it. In our lives, in our love for God, you will give up something you love to help somebody who doesn't have. And I'm not just talking about money. No, don't get me wrong. Sometimes the time you spend is more valuable than the money you throw out. In fact, a lot of people use their money to even compensate for the time they will spend with people. Yes, for more valuable Money is not the most important thing in life. Ask your neighbor, where, where are your feelings? Where are your feelings? You find, you see, some of you, when you are in the church, it's, it's almost like you don't even understand English. Some of you sit in the church as if you are blind. You can't see. You can't see. You can't see a choir that's not singing well. So always, like the sister asked, so, so, so could nobody see that somebody was not dressed well? Should it be the pastor who must ask her to step down? Wow. So nobody, so we sit in the church bland. The real medical word is anhedonia. Anhedonia. Lack of hedonism. The capacity to have pleasure and feelings. You like it. Anhedonia. Nothing in the church. If a song, the keyboard is going off key. It's like they don't notice anything. 
I was watching a video. It, it occurred to me, no. On Saturday evenings, the lighting in the hall must change. I mean, how can you be wearing canary yellow and you don't have feelings? So, so when, when somebody comes around with passion and strength, ah, it's too much. Why? It's a church for you. Why? why? What, what is this? And that's how Africans are. Anybody who f- rises up to fight for a cause, they will criticize, they will murmur, they will insult, and, 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 and eventually even plot. Plot against him. Yes. No feelings. I mean, you are proud that you've taken a decision that has brought the church down. You are proud of it. Wow. I wonder. Is, 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 that, is that your source of pride? That you've done something to embarrass your basenta leader? Your pastor calls you for a meeting and says, I won't come? That's just last week. Just last week. I won't attend the service. Wow. Wow. Why, why, why are these verses? You, you are a pastor. Even if it is true. I mean, are there no verses you can use to back your behavior? It's what, see, when you don't have verses to back your behavior, then you use Tanzanian proverbs. <laughs> Yes. Swahili proverbs. But should a, should a Christian talk the way you are talking? You mean you've not read the story of Dathan and Korah and Abiram? That when your pastor has called you, you are, I'm talking about compassion. A, a feeling for God's house and the brethren and the pastor. I thought that your feeling would rather be, even though, though you have been offended, you will sit down and clap your hands and say, preach on to encourage the pastor who is trying. He's trying. He's trying to build something. That doesn't occur to you. Is that where we've gotten to? To punish the pastor, to make a point. I mean, how, how can you descend into such carnality? And I told her, I told her, expect your son. Expect your son. Because this year is a year of seed time. Or, or it's last year. Is it the year? It's not last year. Is this here? Everything you do is a seed. Some seeds germinate after six weeks. Some pop up after one month. Some can be four years and it's not showing up. At the appropriate time, the right temperature, climate, and environmental conditions to come up. By which time I know you. You've forgotten what you did to your father. You've forgotten what you did to your father. No feelings. But even that, you look for, like today, the dancing stars dance well. And you are so happy that you send the leader. Who is the leader of the dancing star? Who taught them the song? Let me send him a momo of 20 Ghana. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean it. I mean it. Oh, the choir dance well. Wow. 
But I don't like that girl. She's always wearing a skirt that is not whatever. Let me buy a skirt for her. I'm talking about compassion, feelings. It's, it's a sign of your love. First John 3, 17. Anybody who sits in the church of God, disconnected from his environment, unaffected by the goings on, unimpressed by great things, and saddened by unimpressive things, that person has not the love of God in him. And it takes me to my final point, number four. If you love the Lord, you will be a shepherd so that you can care for the brethren. Acts chapter 21. I said Acts, John 21, verse 15, 16, and 17. Can you clap your hands for if you love the Lord? John 21, 15, 16. God bless all of you in the choir who are singing with all your hearts and are also basenta leaders coming to church with seven people, coming to church with five people. You know very well, this church is not a church where you can just come to. You don't come just, you're, not, you're in the forest. I mean, this is a, a proper Isaiah 40, 11 church where there must be a gathering and carrying as a shepherdorial work. God bless all of you. Anyone who sings and is a basenta leader, you have my blessings. My blessings are with you. My covering is on you. My, my, my help will appear one day. Yes, my hand is stretched favorably towards you. So when they had died, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said to him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said to him, feed my sheep. 17, final verse. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, thou lovest thou me. And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus said to him, Pastoring people, teaching them the word of God is a sign that you love Jesus. Every pastor is a God lover. I encourage you to be a pastor, a carer, and a feeder of the sheep. God looks on lovingly when you teach and feed the people of God. Heaven is clapping for me as I preach to you this morning. They are clapping. I say, preach on. Preach on. Elijah said, who is this guy? Who is this guy? I wish I had him in my time. Who is this shepherd? Who is this pastor saying it as it is? We don't hear such preachings 
in many places. They are clapping for me. And I pray that on Thursday, they will also gather and clap for you. Look at that girl. She has no money, but she's teaching her five sheep. My God, I feel a feeling. Who is that man who has left his office to gather his sheep to teach them? They are clapping for you. I said, may heaven clap for you when God finds, you know, every father. That is how we have Jewish and German and sometimes Swiss companies that are 400 years. 500 years. I saw a picture of a hotel in Japan. 1,200 years. A hotel in Japan. Yes. One generation. They've kept that hotel. So now, it's so, it, every father's desire is to have a son who follows him. It breaks a father's heart to have a son who will do everything to hate what he loves. It breaks a father's heart. That's why when heaven sees you shepherding, they stand up. Do you know something? Because you are doing something that God does. The Lord is my shepherd. So when God sees that there's a boy doing what he does, he's on earth buying cement for 73 cities and still has time to feed people. When in heaven they don't buy cement and the angels are fooling. He sends angels down, they come and fornicate. And you are a human being, you are here, you have, you have not slept with this girl, you have not slept with that guy, and you are shepherding. God stands up because he is a shepherd. So when he sees a shepherd on earth, he, he, you trigger a feeling in him. God is a shepherd. Wouldn't you want to do something that God does? Wouldn't you want to do something that is God's work? Then the next room, as God stands up, he doesn't know that Jesus, there he is running up and down in his room, clapping that he has found a man, a man with marital problems, but he's shepherding. Because he didn't marry. I said he didn't marry. So a man with a marriage that is not working on earth and is still basing, is still gathering. Because he, when he was here, he didn't call himself an apostle. It was later in Hebrews that he was called the great apostle and the great prophet. But he called himself, I am the good shepherd. Jesus, when he had the chance to speak about himself, he called himself a good shepherd. A good shepherd. So when he sees you with your financial problems, emotional problems, and you can gather 10 people, put them on a bus. I said, every shepherd, you have the blessing of God on your life. I said, a, a blessing that will neutralize the curse in your background, the curse in your family, the curse about to hit you. I pray for you and I stretch my hand towards pastors. Shepherding well. Not pastors with titles. Not lady pastors with dresses. I'm talking about lady pastors who are shepherding the flock of God. That my blessing is with you. God's blessing is with you. Jesus shall stand up for you and deploy his angels to you. 
And I say to you, young man, you just joined the church. I joined the church 38 years ago. And I chose the right path. What's the right path? The path of ministering to others. For many years, I wasn't a pastor. I was ministering to converts. When people give their life to Christ, where those who stood there waved our hands for years, we go visit them. There's no pattern of a cry. I've not. I met a pastor in London, a reverend minister. When he saw me, he saluted me. Yes, because he remembers me. I followed him up to the farthest end of London. When I went to his house, he saw me. He said, He's going out. He can't talk to me. Yes. I said, please, it's, it's, uh, I've, I've come from a very, I've taken trains. And he sat down for a few minutes. I spent five to seven minutes with him. By the time I got up, I had made an impression on his heart that he must be serious in church. He became a shepherd, became a pastor. He's a reverend in the London church. From that visit. Somebody is waiting for you. Somebody. I beg you, I want to talk to dancing stars. Talk to ordinary members. I'm telling you, if you love the Lord, Jesus asked John, do you love me? Do you really? Are you sure you love me? Then I'm telling you that, me, honestly, and, and it's true. It's true. You, you, you can show. Can you sit down let me say something for three minutes? Because when you stand, I feel dizzy. You can show your dislike. I'm ending now. One of the ways you can show your dislike for someone is to be disinterested in what the person is doing. So when you see people in the church who don't listen to songs our pastor has written, you don't need to say with your mouth, but you are saying that you disdain, you disdain, you spend you like his church, you like his pastors, but this music, and he has produced 30 albums. There must be one song you should like. Now the Basentes, we are going to form them again. Yes, and the foundation of the Basentes will be first love music. Now, when somebody is singing on the stage, it will be like a hymn. We will all be singing with the person. Yeah, we are starting from the percentage. <laughs> Among other things we are doing again, one of them is the festivalization of the church. Yes. When somebody comes to this church, he will, he will wonder whether this is the first love headquarters or what. That is our way of showing. I mean, that, that's why I teach from the books with power because it's great to me. When you see someone doing something, one of the ways to show your love is to join the person. 
You will not believe it. I know a town in Kumasi called Fumesia. Do you know that place? Fumesia. You've been there before. You pass by. I know them. Do you know what I went to do there? I'm a medical doctor. But that town, I went, I, I went to grind groundnuts in a cornmeal as a medical student in Accra. What's the name of the town? Fumesia. Fumesia. There's a cornmeal in the center of the town. I take groundnuts, buckets, kumasi, and grind and come back with groundnut paste to Africa Hall. Yes, because the girl I loved. Oh, Jesus. The girl I loved for her final degree was doing a project on arachidonic acid. She was a biochemistry student. And the main thing was that she was working with groundnuts. So when I visited a medical student who should be studying anatomy and pathology, I'll leave my house, my room, and travel by a bus to Kumasi and tell her, sit down and study and give me the groundnuts. I'll go to Fumesia and go and grind the corn, the, the groundnut for you. And I return with groundnut paste. I've done that. Why? Because it is difficult to measure a person's love when you see someone doing something and you say you love him but you have folded your hands watching the person your love is a very funny love to see Jesus shepherding to see God as a shepherd and you don't want to join him to do what he does that's why he told you Peter, you really love me? He, he, he didn't give him, give him two options. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Feed. I'm saying that if I come to your house, I have pounded with food. One I didn't have. And I go to visit my beloved and she's downstairs. They live on the fourth floor and they have brought their mortar down for food. I have no interest in no interest. I'll take the thing. Just because of a woman. Oh. Boys are real. Boys. Yes. Her mother will be upstairs. She will say, Hey, Nana. It's Fufura. Mr. Mind of Miss Fufura. She had no problem handing over her daughter to me. I've not, I've never told my mother-in-law that I love your daughter. She saw. That was into her life. Love gets you involved. Wake up. If you love the Lord, you will be a shepherd so that you can also help God 
join God to pound the fufu. He's pounding. Rise to your feet. The first commandment. The first commandment is to love God. Today, I've taught you practically if you love God, you will forgive her. If you love God, you will have compassion. You will have feelings. This behavior of standing in God's house as if nothing going on concerns. If I, some of you, are, it's as if you don't even understand where you are standing. It's, it, you are revealing your hatred. He said, he that gathereth not with me is not neutral. He scattereth. If you love the Lord, you will join. That's how I became a pastor. Lady Reverend Annie, her husband, he's a medical doctor. He's in Philippines. Is he Philippines now? Yeah, he's in Philippines. Doing what? Is he a Filipino? No. But he loves God. And I thank God that he has a wife who will help him to love God and obey his father. Because all of us, you, you can't claim love with the folding of hands. You can quote me on that one. You can't claim love with the folding of hands. Love is an action word. Indifference betrays your lack of love. That's why in many parts of the Bible, the privileges of God are reserved for servants. Servants of God. Because he watches you carefully. He told, see, these are English words. Do you love me? He said, yes. You, you would have said, then marry me. You are delaying. Or then help me to pound the fufu. No. You love me, then feed my sheep. Because that's what I do. There's nothing like love that is not involved. There's nothing like it. So you, I'm showing you that you do not love God. You may love his house, but you don't love God. Can you lift your two hands and let's pray? pray. I want you to pray and ask the Lord for strength and grace to love Him. The strength and the grace to love you. For strength and grace to love Him. Yes, yes. To love Him. Feed my sheep. To help your basenta leader. Yes, Lord. To help your pastor. To help, to help in the care. To help in the care. Help my pastor. Rather, you are the one fighting him. Wow. Your work 
Father, we thank you. If you are here today and you are not born again, every eye closed, please, and every head bowed down, every hand down, please. You want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again, Pastor. I want to know Jesus. I want to love God. I want to love Jesus. I'm not born again. Pastor, please pray for me. If you are here like that, and you want me to pray for you, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand. I'm going to see your hand. I see your hand. It's the best decision you can take. You, you are doing a good thing by raising your hand. Raise your hand high, Pastor. I see, I see. God bless you. It doesn't mean you are a bad person, you are a thief, you are an armed robber. You are, in fact, it rather shows that you respect God and you recognize the importance of being in a relationship with God. You want to say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Christ. Just lift your hand high. And if your hand is lifted up, I want you to please, please come to me in front here. You can take your Bible, your bag, your phone, and come. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Clap your hands for them. Keep coming. Keep singing. Yes. Clap your hands for her. God bless you. Who wants Jesus? Anyone who wants Jesus, come now. Come now. Come to Him. Nobody can come to you except you bring that person close to you. Thank you for bringing him, touching their hearts. There are many standing in the congregation who don't have God, but you didn't touch their hearts. Thank you for touching these ones. Yes, because your word says that blessed is a man whom thou chooses. So today, in this service, you chose these ones. You chose these ones. If it was just one person, it would be because you chose him. And Lord, if you've chosen them, I pray for them that they will have a good experience with you. 
like Billy Graham at the age of 90 plus said in all the 70 something years of ministry he has never met one man who gave his life to Christ and regretted not one man he has packed stadia all over the world he said I'm yet to meet one man who surrendered his life to Jesus and regretted I pray that like me in 20 years time you will look back I look back on that day I gave my life to Christ and I thank God for that privilege if you can lift your two hands I will lead you to pray thank you and all the church will join say heavenly father I thank you for today. I thank you for today. I realize I am a sinner. I realize I'm a sinner. I've done many bad things. I've done many bad things. Worst of all, I've walked away from you. Worst of all, I've walked away from you. But today, but today, I thank you for bringing me to you. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my life to you. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please have mercy on me. Please have mercy on me. Wash my sins. Wash my sins. Make me a new person. Make me a new person. A new Christian. A new Christian. A new believer. A new believer. From today. From today. I've turned my back to the world. I've turned my back to the world. I'm not following the world. I'm not following the world. I'll follow you. I will be planted in church. I will be planted in church. I will grow in church. I will grow in church. I will serve you in church. I will serve you in church. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. For this great mercy. For this great mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For my salvation. For my salvation. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you clap your hands for the name? Well done, young man. Well done. Well done. You see our pastors here, our brother and sister. They are waving their hands. You can see them. They they belong to a group of pastors who take care of people who take such a decision. And they will help you, counsel you, visit you, help you, say no, you can't do this. We have to do it this way. Pray with you and pray for you and guide you till you are also established to also help someone one day. Can you clap your hands? I want you to join me and let's go to our pastors. I'm going to talk to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Let's go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go. What a blessing. Keep clapping your hands. What a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Don't stop clapping. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Oh, Jesus. keep clapping to encourage them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And right now, I want us to take our communion 
because it's an invitation. And I prophesy that somebody will invite you to a great place one day. Amen. Do you have your communion? Can you please stand to your feet? Which was broken for you. No movement, please. I see a lot of movement. Which you shared for you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have eternal life. For my flesh is meat indeed. Yes. Sing and my it. blood drink indeed. The cup of blessing that we bless is the communion of the body of Christ. The bread that we break. Yes. The communion of the body of Christ. Oh, this is the meal, the meal of God. It will sustain you. It will sustain you. It will give you eternal life when I see the blood. Oh, when I see the blood, I'll yeah, pass over you. I will pass over you. Lift up your bread. Say, this is the body of Christ. This is the body of Christ. I eat it for my healing. I eat it for my healing. Above all. Above all. I eat it. I eat it. To be reminded. To be reminded. That the first commandment. That the first commandment. Is to love this body. Is to love this body. To love Jesus. To love Jesus. Say, as I eat it. As I eat it. My mind. My mind. My heart, my heart will turn to God, will turn to, to His house, will turn to, to His children. I will love God, I will love God because I'm eating the body of Christ. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. Let's eat it. Say the blood. The blood. It cleanses me. It cleanses me. It washes me. It washes me. From all diseases. From all diseases. Demonic attacks. Demonic attacks. Evil attacks. Evil attacks. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Let's drink it. The Lord bless this meal you've taken. Amen. And from this table you've been invited to. Jesus. May you have invitations to higher levels of life. Amen. May you never respond to an invitation that will take you down. Amen. That will lower you. Jesus. May you never respond to any invitation oh. by man or beast. Jesus. That will take you down. Amen. I see you rising. Amen. Rising only. Amen. Advancing only. Amen. Surging on only Amen. in love, oh. in strength, oh, yes. in power, Amen. so that the enemy ah. will have none Jesus. of your life. The Lord bless you. Amen. The Lord help you. Amen. The Lord defeat your enemies. Amen. May He fight for you. Oh yes. May the face of the enemy Jesus. be on the ground. Amen. May your foot oh. be on the neck of your Amen. enemy. Amen. The Lord strengthen you. Yes. And grant you peace. Amen. 
and blessings. Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless Hallelujah. you. You may be seated. We trust that you have been mightily blessed and affected by the word of God preached by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Do join one of our lovely services from the Mackinac Cathedral near Valley View University or UB Accra this and every weekend at 7.30pm on Saturdays as well as 7.30am and 12 noon on Sundays. Connect with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo on Facebook Live Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.